0: Welcome to the Bayesian Conspiracy, I'm Inyash Brodsky. I'm Steven Zuber. I'm Jay Sticky. And we are all enunciating MoBeta today, because that is a thing we're going to be working on.
1: Yeah, all we right. had a close friend chew us out harshly over our that, comprehensibility. That is
0: not at all what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: teasing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, we promised y'alls that we would have Jace say stuff about why the lithium hypothesis was silly, and then we lost Jace, and fucking Wes was like, you blue balled your entire audience you dicks and we were like you know what we got blue balls too so jace
2: yeah i was surprised actually to hear that that many people were like wait what about lithium because i didn't realize that was going to be that interesting so it's actually not the fact that the lithium hypothesis is silly it's just that i've seen interesting contradictory things Mm -hmm. so uh there was this usgs study you know reporting about 45% of public water and 37% of dom- the U.S. domestic wells have concentrations of lithium that could present potential human health risks. Uh, it, lithium occurs naturally where groundwater interacts with either like stuff with lithium in it or saline water. Mm-hmm. And the most elevated levels are found in samples of untreated groundwater from arid regions and in old groundwater, meaning... Uh, groundwater that recharged the aquifer before 1953 okay and so this one study uh
0: that was part of the thing that like the deeper we drill the older the water we get right yeah
2: or just there's some areas where it doesn't refresh uh they were saying like in the midwest in the u.s like midwest and south so oh wow okay uh so the study does say uh, although lithium is useful um at, therapeutic doses it can cause adverse effects which people who take lithium now it sucks Mm -hmm. it primarily uh impairs your thyroids and kidneys and presently it's not regulated in the u.s in its drinking water
3: Mm
2: -hmm. the usgs uh collaborating with the epa calculated uh i'm gonna skip past some of the jargon but basically that here's the levels it should be at and then the levels that we are finding is higher uh, and not only from drinking water but you can get exposed to lithium from eggs dairy and soft drinks and beer and yeah it said that the the high benchmark was exceeded nine percent of samples from those public supply wells and six percent higher and the samples from the domestic supply wells so that was concerning but then on the other hand i also if i can interject real quick i think that yeah.
0: their uh their benchmark level is set too high as well that like the, one of the arguments in the uh, chemical hunger is that the actual amount that can affect you, uh, at least affect your lith- lithostat, is signif- Is a fair bit lower than that.
2: Yeah, I think this wasn't specifically uh, lipostat, just more of the, like they mentioned, you know, the thyroid, thyroid and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah. So this other study, though, says naturally occurring lithium in public drinking water might have an anti-suicidal effect. This was from uh, the Brighton and Sussex Medical School and the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology, and Neuroscience at King's College London. The author- didn't didn't we didn't um, Scott
0: Alexander like a year or two ago post yeah. this thing about how uh, suicide is higher in high elevation areas and that is fucking weird. What's going on?
2: I think Scott actually specifically commented on lithium. That's probably where I heard about it,
3: ah.
2: or where I heard. Yeah. Uh, so the study author from the King's College study says. It's promising that higher levels of trace lithium in drinking water may exert an anti-suicidal effect and have the potential to improve community mental health. The prevalence of mental health conditions and national suicide rates are increasing in many countries. Worldwide, over 800,000 people die by suicide of every year, and suicide's the leading cause of death among persons aged 15 to 24 years, which is really depressing. Mm. Yeah, uh, and you just pulled up some info on this altitude...
0: But yes, apparently high altitude suicide rates are significantly higher than uh, both middle altitude and low altitude. Which you think that's we... because our moods aren't being regulated with lithium? Uh, I'm not saying that, but I'm kind of gesturing in that direction. It's a hypothesis.
1: Yeah. Um, and we're all just too numbed to <laughs> realize that we that life isn't worth living. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my mental health has gotten Groodle.
2: a lot better since moving to a higher altitude because of sunlight. So there's a lot of yeah. you know. Factors, but uh just finishing this up, the health benefits and curative powers of naturally occurring lithium in water have been known for centuries, such as the Lithia Springs, which is an ancient Native American sacred medicinal spring, which has naturally high lithium or lithium enriched water, is renowned for its health giving properties. And in fact, the popular soft drink 7 Up contained lithium <gasps> when it was created in 1929. Oh shit! Uh, recent studies have also linked lithium to reduced incidence of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. Uh, the study mentioned a few other things it helped with, too. But, yeah, so the jury's kind of out on this, but... Wait, wait, so, wait.
0: So, but wasn't your whole idea that you don't think lithium is what is causing the obesity epidemic?
2: Um, well, I wasn't saying that I don't think it's causing it, but I was saying that I don't want to demonize lithium for that reason. Uh, oh, oh,
0: so you're saying it could be, but lithium is still...
2: It might be a contributor. I, I have, I also, you know think that it has a lot more to do with kind of, again, like the Goyanese hungry brain hypothesis about breaking the the lipostat and Mm -hmm. high satiety foods. But I'll link the source to the study. And also, I just wanted to say that after hearing about this, I did experiment with uh, taking lithium orotate Mm at 120 milligrams for about two months. And... I think it was just a bad time to do an end of one study on myself because I had a lot of that was when like really bad stuff was going on in my life but mm. I'm gonna try to redo that experiment when I'm more stable and well, I'll see if it has any benefits I guess But
0: is that at all like the lithium that they give you in the prescriptions
2: um it is not but but it might still be effective. that was the one that was recommended if you're gonna take like supplement it at a you know just a, trying to compensate for lower lithium lower like naturally occurring lithium and I was on a bunch of Reddit threads and various like forums trying to find data, and it was really frustrating because it was like half the people screaming, lithium is amazing and saved my life, and half the people screaming, lithium ruined my life and never mm. take it. Mm. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> it, it was a little bit of a nerve-wracking experiment, but I basically didn't really notice any difference from baseline for myself, so.
0: Okay. Well, I I, I really wish that... There was better news because I thought we were about to hear like, no, actually, lithium doesn't fuck up your lipostat at all, and here's here's the reasons I think that.
2: Well, I think even if it does, it might still be beneficial. Like, you know, a person would probably rather be obese than suicidal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, obesity, that sounds like a trade off ad. Make cause suicidality, so. Eh.
1: So, I I definitely find the idea of some sort of environmental contaminant contributing to, uh, I mean, it would have to be more than just obesity but that seems like an easy metric right or like at least one easy thing to look at Mm -hmm. um but just like shit in the water and air is like gonna be a very common source of a lot of problems i think so i think i find that part compelling you mentioned last episode and just now that book that you read that i'm blanking on the title of uh the hungry brain yes what what is hungry brain the hungry brain what is the um you said you you like rush past the like their competing hypothesis but can you succinctly describe like what their what their main take is
2: yeah i'm sorry i thought we had talked about this before but uh
1: we might have but
0: my brain is we've touched on it but it was a while ago
1: yeah
2: i think anyway um it's a basically like a primer on nutrition and i really liked the book because well first of all i heard about it from there was a Slate strike codex book review that does summarize it pretty well if you don't want to read the whole book but uh it was the first like book that I read about nutrition that made any sense to me at all, because there's so much garbage about is sugar bad or carbs. Bad Mm. is, you know, (laughs) is fat good. What's up with cholesterol anyway? Uh, and so there's a lot to summarize, but like the takeaways about obesity were, well, first of all, things to do with having higher leptin. Leptin. Yeah. And, uh, They did crazy studies where they would like breed mice that naturally just overproduced leptin and then sowed them to healthy mice. (laughs) And, uh, well, they sort of did this vice versa where you can have like the circulatory system sort of dump into one mouse or the other and the healthy mouse's normal leptin would regulate the obese mouse and it would like thin out versus both mice would become obese. Um, but then it like kind of goes deeper where, okay, so why do you have increased leptin and it has something to do with uh, brain, uh, the brain's like satiety center and other things involved in sort of the brain gut connection going on. So there's like children born who have this satiety center, I think, or, uh, or maybe it's the hypothalamus, uh, with some kind of, there's some kind of mutation that makes it so they never experience satiety, regardless of how much leptin is in their system. And people who have this disorder, like become obese as like three-year-olds. All they think about is food. All they want to do is eat. Mm-hmm. They collect cooking utensils and cookbooks, and it's imagine
1: never feeling like you had had enough to eat. That would be fucking horrifying.
2: Kind of, like apparently, it's worse than that. It feels like you're like starving all the time, or That's... at least just like really uncomfortably hungry. That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah.
1: So just so the explain like I'm five version, it it sounds like the competing hypothesis there is that something is raising leptin. Maybe the like the food that we're eating.
2: Oh uh, yeah. So the uh, links or oh discusses other studies for example like people who well first of all rats that were given the cafeteria diet like human foods that you would find in your basic cafeteria who all got obese this was after they were trying to make rats obese and it was actually really difficult regardless of giving them like really fatty rat chow or whatever um they did other experiments where they had humans live in basically like kind of a you know clinical research prison for a bit i mean they were taken care of but the only thing they were allowed to eat was basically like soylent that was dispensed from a drink thing and everyone lost weight <laughs> or like maintained a healthy weight and they weren't given any kind of like restrictions on what times they could eat or how much in their body just naturally like oh if it's just like bland nutrient slurry they naturally seem to just know how much they needed i'm just
0: picturing one of those like little water bottles you put in a hamster's cage
2: mm-hmm. that you like <laughs>
0: you, you tongue the little ball to let the liquid out i think that it was actually something like that and every click gave you seven milliliters or something it was. It was really dumb. That's horrible. Well, cool. I think
2: the scientists had to be able to measure how much you know each person was drinking somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was. It just kind of sound like a hamster cage situation. I would
1: measure the quantity that's left in the vessel. I wouldn't have to measure by click distribution, but I'm <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason they did it that way. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um.
0: The isn't the new anti-obesity medicine semaglutin? Is it semaglutin? Semaglutide. Yeah. Isn't that uh, a thing that uh, adjusts your lipostat? I'm in this lucky
1: class of human that right. I'm going to look like a little boy my entire <laughs> life. So I've basically maxed out in my size. Um yep. and I've been same, I, same team. <laughs> I I, I, I <laughs> Little Boy Club. I can basically fit in the same clothes I wore in high school, so uh what I'm gonna get is I have no idea what the latest diet pills are made of because I've right. never had cause
2: to. I just I find it interesting. Um and then like just a little bit more because it's really complicated that was really the takeaway from this book but it's not that we don't know anything about it it's just that it's not you can't just point it and be like it's carbs right right uh and this goes into sorry wes uh (laughs) evolutionary psychology but imagine a hunter gatherer finds a, a beehive like a honeycomb so normally your brain is supposed to regulate okay like you know this much calories needed for this much amount of activity but if you find a if you find something that's really rewarding, the hypothalamus freaks out and it actually turns the satiety center off, mm. and uh, so it does this for, for a while? fat, sweet, meaty. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. you, you want to eat that whole honeycomb because that's going to be something rare in the ancestral environment, mm. and uh, and variety too. So that's why, like at buffets, you can eat more. That's why you know theoretically, again, if you have a huge meal and you're like, oh man, I'm so full, I can't eat another bite, but someone brings cake and you're like, oh, I could have cake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it makes perfect sense evolutionarily for why you'd want to make sure that you're getting enough varied stuff because some things will kill you. If, like if you just eat kale, you're probably not getting all of the nutrients you need. And if you know, you're know you trying to survive in scarcity, if you do find a honeycomb, you want to eat that whole honeycomb. <laughs> like You're not going to find that again maybe for months. Two quick comments.
1: Okay. One, just a general annoyance that like you think of the things that humans understand would be like what we need to eat to survive healthily mm-hmm. you think that just be like something that not necessarily we come out of the womb understanding mm-hmm. but it should be like right after walking well i know it's not and like we you know we we, we get enough to live right we we know not to eat rocks and you know all that some like, people do some some people and they don't live very long i'm assuming if they just eat rocks but
0: like i i get it but it's just kind of annoying that health is so fucking complicated well i think you know we kind of did uh, come out of the womb knowing how to do that because For the most part, people don't have massive um, issues uh, as long as they have enough food, period. Uh, But then we introduce lithium into the environment, and that fucks with everything that our bodies have instinctively known by figuring out the revolution over the past several million years. I don't think we
2: introduced lithium to the environment. It occurs naturally.
0: Well, some occurs naturally, but we have skyrocketed how much we are exposed to, is the um, contention.
2: Well, this other study says that we're actually not getting enough. Like my frustration at when someone points to one thing, uh, you know, vaccines cause autism. Cause like, what what else could it possibly be? You're saying, you know, Stephen, like chemicals in the environment or whatever, but it's like, everything is so complicated and so interdependent mm-hmm. that I always really hesitate to try to, you know, like, here's this one thing that could be the cause of this one thing. Hmm. Uh, Well, I think it's a, I don't,
0: as they say, it's a hypothesis. I think it's a very compelling hypothesis. And in their final chapter, they lay out Quite a number of uh, research ideas that we could use to verify if it is the the if it is in fact lithium uh, that is contributing to this.
2: You think we don't get enough lithium right now? That was what the second uh, study, which I'll link, was suggesting. Um, in fact, like saying that a lot of you know you could call it like the mental health crises or epidemic or whatever, and rises in crime rates and whatnot could just be um, lower rates of lithium. Well, I think and they compared other countries that do have this uh, lithium you know stocked groundwater where they have much lower rates of suicide uh bipolar and other mood disorders alzheimer's yeah violent crimes
0: i kind of think like the natural correct amount of lithium is close to zero and and you can get more lithium and that has effects like you know less uh less bipolar less suicide but also more lipostat fucking upping
2: um, I mean, lithium, like I said, is also present in a lot of food products. Like, it's not zero. It is something that that are, we've evolved to regulate to some extent. And yeah, we might be messing with the levels, but I think we just don't know enough to be able to recommend, you know, or, or to be able to not not ne- not even that, but to be able to point at it and be like, "Aha, that's the cause of obesity," because I think it's much more likely to be the satiety. Just like we made all of our food super stimuli. Yeah, but and we I... and we have like endless amounts of food basically compared to the ancestral environment we, I, that that's my hypothesis okay I like my orders. strongest hypothesis
0: i kind of disagree based on um a chemical hunger because they both point out a number of societies where people have um basically limitless food options where this this does didn't happen and uh also that um the food was pretty darn wonderful even 70 years ago and uh like the food nowadays is not that much better McDonald's
2: though because if it was like you know so, meat fruit and vegetables again that would be sort of like the the soilent slurry like if you're eating normal healthy foods because that's I, sort of the deal with like I
0: kind of hear what you're saying but I want to challenge um anybody to like go six months without eating any McDonald's and then go and eat some McDonald's and <laughs> and consider if this is actually good food because I've done this and I went to eat some McDonald's and I was like I remember this being great when I was a child, but like after eating real food for six months and then tasting this, this is kind of shit. And it is it's it's not good. It's kinda of shit. I think the reason people I think the people reason people would want to eat it is because they have this, this chemical urging by, by lithium to keep shoveling more stuff into their face because it is not.
2: It's very, and, very high satiety though, like or like it's hyper S- satiety and it's a buck 50 it's uh, right it's cheap a buck and it's 50 right. available yeah
0: and take take zero work but i mean like the things that said that other, other sources of lithium were eggs and dairy products which both have the um the bioaccumulation by going through through plants and then animals so and you, everything eat, gets you super eat more concentrated. eggs than anyone else i've ever met so i eat less nowadays although not because of this i've just been um getting more more variety in my breakfasts i'm not putting it down either i just I, it's a solid i mean it beats the hell out of my breakfast i still eat Cheerios or Fruit Loops and shit, so. <laughs> and then also soft drinks and beer, which are both manufactured in, you know, large factories, which, uh...
2: Yeah, we... I wondered about whether that was the manufacturing or the water sources they use, or, like, because specifically they mentioned carbonated things. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I feel like we've... Well, unless, unless you had more to say about it. Yeah, just, wanna... just,
0: I don't think that, um, simply, simply having good tasting food is enough because i think the average person had access to better tasting food in the past and also the unlimited foodstuffs also doesn't really work for for um similar reasons and that something something else must be the case of why things have just gotten so out of whack since about the 80s
2: the uh hungry brain also talks about modern day hunter-gatherer societies and even uh yeah i yeah. forget the island that they mention it's like something like papua new guinea i don't know there was some place where no one on this island is obese except for the one guy who would travel and eat like western diet yeah they they mentioned that in chemical hunger as well yeah i I think that we can't like we can't really come to any conclusions without doing science here but
0: right definitely need more science
1: i look forward to the experiments bearing fruit in the the next few years it'll be interesting for me the other just kind of thing that flagged my interest as far as environmental contaminant was uh um zoo animals being heavier now than they used to be Mm -hmm. and their diets you know, they they measure down to the leaf. Mm-hmm. I know because I got to feed Dobby the um baby,
0: well the younger giraffe at the zoo. They named him Dobby. Yeah, okay, like the house elf, like the house elf. Why Why would they name a giraffe after a house elf? The funny ears, maybe. I guess yeah. they're like opposite in size scales, is what I'm
1: thinking. Because they're
2: gangly and awkward. It's a cute name. Yeah, they're oh, gangly okay, and awkward. Okay. All right, yeah,
1: but yeah they. They they control their diets. Mm-hmm. But we're
2: historically terrible at formulating artificial food for animals. I mean, we killed cats repeatedly until people finally realized they need tarring.
0: Sure, but, you know, the, the animals aren't being fed worse food now than they were 50 years ago.
1: Yeah, I think the animals at the zoo are getting fed, like, food, not pellets. But I'm not sure. And it could be that. I have no idea. But what was some of the... Uh... I was just throwing that out there as, like, that makes sense why it could be... Because we're not, we're not giving zoo animals McDonald's, right? So yeah. it, we're giving them like lettuce and stuff Mm -hmm. if that's their diet i don't know
2: what we're giving them but uh all
1: right then the last animal study that might give some evidence one way or another quickly would be if koalas today are fatter than the koalas of 50 years ago because they only eat eucalyptus and they Mm -hmm. only ever have and so like they're not getting human contaminated diets unless the trees that they're eating their eucalyptus from are full of lithium or whatever now, right?
0: That's a good point. Where are the eucalyptus grown? Do they have to import eucalyptus from... Mm, No idea. Okay. But somebody tell me if koalas are fatter than they used to be. (laughs) And where their eucalyptus comes from. Right. Okay. But if you have any fat koala pictures, send those first. Aren't they all fat... Fatter. Fatter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so the feedback that we got from Jan on our Discord was that when we suggested near the end of the episode, it'd be great if we just added lithium to the supp- water supply to keep people sane and add uh, like some agglutin to the, or some agglutide to keep people thin. Uh, Jan said, we do not want more lithium. The sodium calcium pump is how our nerves generate electrical signals. Lithium blocks sodium. This is why most manic depressives go off lithium after approximately 20 years because the nerve damage is too high. So that kinda sucks. I guess we can't even make society better by giving everyone lithium unless we want them all to get serious nerve damage after twenty years.
2: I don't think we can give everybody the same thing. Like what what we want is personalized medicine because you yeah, like I, I also I guess, you know, even though I disagree with or I'm skeptical of some of uh chemical mm-hmm. hunger. I like have my teeth gritted whenever I think about, well, let's just add this to the drinking water for all people, or let's supplement everyone with this amount, because that just yeah. never works.
0: So, I mean, I, w- I was saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And I drink a stupid amount
1: of drinking water, so that might hurt me.
0: As long as we're on listener feedback, there's one other listener feedback. Do you want to hit that real quick before we get into the uh, Less Wrong posts? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Derek Hees, Derek Heiss, maybe? Uh says in a comment on our website, because we still get those and read them, uh, there might be a better way of rephrasing Newcomb's problem. Oh no. (laughs) Imagine a scenario where the Newcomb box test is performed twice. The first time you take the test, the opaque box is empty and your decision is recorded as the prediction. Your memories of taking this test and your final decision are completely erased. Then box B is either filled with cash or left empty and you would get to keep any winnings. Without your short-term memory, you don't know which test you're participating in. You still have to choose while weighing the consequences of that choice as both a prediction and as a decision. This gives you uh, a strong real-world explanation of what makes the predictor so amazingly accurate. Uh, Because it's reasonable to suggest that for a thousand people who took the test, they all made the exact same choices after their variant states were reset. And yet, it still seems possible to deviate. Uh, I thought that was a great way of thinking of it.
3: Isn't
1: this just backing up me and saying you should one-box? Like, well, yes,
2: like yeah. pre-commit or whatever? It, Basically, it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I still fail to see how this is a hard problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, this is yet another way of looking at um it, well how why it might be possible, why you should one box, that kind of thing. I really like the, that's how the predictor works. Like, oh yeah, just memory wipe. And, you know, it's not
1: predicting what you'll do with magic. It just saw you do it five minutes ago. Yeah. So I really like that.
2: Yeah, This does uh remind me of the discussion about, like, for example, in Methods of Rationality, where Harry was taking Occlumency lessons and then, he had to erase the instructor's mind each time, and then every time he had to go through the same, yes, you know, I called Voldemort, and like, yes, you know, I this arbitrage thing, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, And I remember some people saying, that's like, you wouldn't have the same reaction every time, or maybe there was a better example, but like mm-hmm. sort of whether, it, it, there's sort of some of that deterministic or like question of free will about whether someone would always, with the same initial circumstances, do the same thing. And this doesn't really answer that. It just sort of makes it into that kind of question because it says it still seems possible to deviate, but I don't see how.
1: I agree. I, yeah, I agree. But it, it gives you the sense that you could change your mind because you don't know which, which decision you're making, right? Yeah. Um, oh,
2: well, it would make you feel like you had a choice. Right. But I've, I don't know. <laughs> the Mr.
1: Bester thing was kind of funny, and I'll just summarize that really quick. Brian, when we are doing We Want More thought it was unrealistic and he's like no way and we were talking about like in a groundhog day I was situation thinking of. Of. Mm-hmm. and and because he had been such a wet blanket on on Harry the whole time I pushed back harder than I think I should have mm-hmm. and defended like no it makes perfect sense and didn't realize like no of course Mr. Bester's behavior would change all the time because Harry talked about how, oh, no, you get him Sunday at midnight when you're paying the money I'm paying. And, like, mm-hmm. his reaction would be different if you woke him up Sunday at midnight than it would be at 8 a.m. on Friday
0: morning, right? Like, so I want to say yes, generally, but if you, like, get a bomb dropped on you, like, uh, Voldemort is still alive, like, you might have the exact same reaction to that news every time. That part's maybe, but yeah, but then he, like, Harry would look at his watch and six seconds later he would say,
1: I do wish I remember that trick about the gold, though. And, like, you're going to tell me he's going to say that, whether or not he just got laid, whether or not he has got blue-balled, whether he's hungry, whether you woke him up from sleep. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
2: Every time. Yeah,
1: so. That's how I,
2: I could see this being different, possibly, with the uh, Newcombs box, too. Like, if it's sort of someone pushes the remote and resets you, and it's just one second later, mm-hmm. probably keep doing the same thing. But, like, if they erase your memory and then come back six months.
0: Oh, yeah, no. That would be silly. It would have to be almost identical circumstances almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All yeah. right. That makes me feel better about maybe free will sort of but hopefully not too good because not that could good. turn
0: into an effective death spiral
1: it
2: could
0: that was a stretch Ye- that yeah but it was i've had i've I've stretched further uh, that's true yes <laughs> you are a very stretchy man uh this week's Less Wrong to post let's get into those uh effective death spirals is the first one uh I don't know how we want to do these should I just like read the first thing or yeah real, you guys have
1: real quick oh, effective yeah. death spirals are the things where it's funny because he gives you the example of like online debates as they were in the fun old days of 15 years ago yeah um so much
3: fun
0: now it's like uh oh now it's been taken to such a hyper extreme i wish the entire world had read these posts and applied them and instead they'd like did the exact opposite yeah <laughs> which we might get into ever after this we have spiraled all the way yeah
1: um i'm trying to think of the one sentence summary of a effective death spiral it's the super positive happy thing that like the, the super cool thing that you got, you're really into and it turns out it has Positive application in literally every part of your life, basically.
0: Yeah, I think so. Which, if that sounds
1: absurd, that's because it is. Yes. But it's only when you spell it out that it becomes absurd. Yes. It doesn't feel that way from the inside. Yeah.
0: He he says that because we just talked about the halo effect recently, I believe. And, yeah, he points out that the halo effect is the thing where positive characteristics enhance perception of other every other positive characteristic. Uh, but doesn't that sound a lot like how fissioning <laughs> uranium atoms sends out neutrons that fission other uranium atoms? Where it, uh... It- kind of... Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It kind of just like spirals and builds and has a critical mass thingy, and uh, that that could be very bad. And I believe that's pretty much the whole post that uh, if every if a positive if a positive thing like that makes every other positive thing look good, and then they look better, so they make the, all the other ones look better, and so forth. Bad. That is, could be a problem.
2: Is there a way that this isn't just the opposite of a vicious cycle?
0: No, this is this is. I mean, some people would call it a virtuous cycle. Maybe it's actually a vicious cycle, depending on your point of view. Because usually virtuous cycles are cycles that build into something good, and I think this still builds into something bad, even if it's based on a good
2: feeling. Yeah, it just seems like maybe the choice of the word happiness or positivity uh, is a little off, because what I'm thinking of is kind of bubbles people get themselves in when, say, they belong to the Republican Party and they only watch Fox News, and their Facebook friends are all in that same mm-hmm. bubble, and they only read Wall Street Journal, like you know. Um, but I think he
0: uses the term "happy" because it's like this thing, this ideology of ours, is the best thing ever and is great, and the world yeah. should be made better by it. there's
2: so. a the cycle of credulity and confirmation, which sounds more accurate, because I mean, you've yeah. you've seen the same thing happen with outrage porn being a thing that mm-hmm. creates these kind of death spirals mm-hmm. because it just keeps pushing your buttons and sucking you back in deeper and deeper and shoving you further into an ideology. Yeah.
1: I think he's specifically here talking about happy death spirals, but there are other kinds of effective death spirals. Yeah. And so, like, he's he's admonishing here about, like, this isn't outrage,
0: this isn't um, well, no, partisanship. It, it could be outrage. The key is that it makes you feel good to believe it, and ideologies often make you feel good to believe it. Or, like, them. Y- sure, like, again, maybe but, not
2: good, but, like, maybe you feel like you're connected to your culture or your group, or, or, that like, you're, or you have righteous anger. I was
0: about to say, moral righteousness yeah. is one of the best feelings there is, and I say this as someone who... Had a lot of it in the past, and fuck me still does well it
2: is a pretty fearsome thing if you know you consider the things that people can justify yep it's a different kind of positive feeling though than
1: like oh man, this new thing I discovered uh Bayesian rationality is the solution to all of
0: my problems and more
1: <laughs> right, right yeah so I think that this is this is him setting the groundwork for like this isn't a cold I swear right <laughs>
0: well, part of it yeah. yeah he's i mean yes, it does later on tie into that I think this is part of his Here's things to watch out for if it's a cult. And I don't think he ever says this isn't a cult, I swear. But he says, like, don't do this thing or you'll turn into a cult. And I don't want that and no, neither does anyone else. So I think this was a very good idea of him to do beforehand. And is one of the things that stopped the rationality thing from becoming a cult. Because he was like, look, guys, if you feel too happy about rationality and think it's the best thing in the world and everything about it just makes everything else seem cooler, eh, take a second look because you might be getting into cult territory. And, you know... It's really fucking great when someone starts out their cult by saying, don't be cult-like. That sucks. And then we don't have one. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, resist the happy death spiral. Literally what we were just talking about. How can you resist this happy death spiral? Um
2: cut up your great thingy into smaller independent thingies and then treat them as independent thingies
0: that's that's basically it <laughs> and it's great he gives the example of a marxist would cut up marx's great thingy into a theory of value of labor a theory of political relations between classes a theory of wages a theory on the ultimate political state of mankind and then each of these should be assessed independently and the truth or falsity of one should not halo on the others if we can do that we should be safe from the spiral as each theory is too narrow to start a spiral on its own
2: Yeah, um, this reminds me of the other sequence, or I forget if this was a sequence or just something on Less Wrong, but the the idea of keeping your identity small, where Mm -hmm. that was kind of my solution, too, where I was, like, my preference was to keep my identity, but, like, what do I want to say? Large, but, like, varied. Like, I'm not tied into this cluster or, like, this one thing, Uh, so you have... Yeah, it was a Paul Graham post, actually. Was it? Yeah, we
0: might... We should do a whole episode on some of his best stuff, because holy shit, he writes some really good things.
2: Yeah. Um, anything else about spirals? Um. Oh, how you how you do avoid a happy death spiral. Um, you split it into parts. You treat every additional detail as burdensome. You think about the specifics of the causal chain instead of the good or bad feelings. You don't rehearse the evidence, and you don't add happiness from claims that you can't prove are wrong. And then, uh, so that that is how you do avoid the happiness, bro. You do not avoid it by re- refusing to admire anything too much, conducting a biased search for negative points until you feel unhappy again, <laughs> or forcibly shoving an idea into a safe box. And uh, I like that he caveated those things. Yeah. Because, like especially, you know, refusing to admire anything too much, there's the sort of unweaving the rainbow where, like, I always was really angry at this idea. Like, if you, you know, analyze something, then it ruins the beauty or mm. whatever. Like, no, it's awesome. It's like, it, it's even cooler. There's so much more to know about rainbows now that you know what they're made of.
0: Yeah. He started the post by um, saying that science actually really is fucking awesome and one of the best things ever. And uh, I, I, we're right to admire it because of how much good it has done. All right. And our last post is uncritical supercriticality, which basically starts out with the question of is atheism a religion? And uh, he reminds us that arguing over the meaning of a word nearly always means that you've lost track of the original question. So what the argument was originally about is why at certain points in human history, large groups of people were slaughtered and tortured, ostensibly in the name of an idea. Redefining a word won't change the facts of history one way or the other. Um, Hmm. So, yeah, basically, is atheism a religion really doesn't matter because people were arguing about what ideas caused other people to slaughter large groups of people. And in the past, those were mostly religions, but it doesn't have to be just religions.
2: Or whatever they were trying to equate religion to meaning. Like, it always seemed to be this sort of gotcha where, you know, you atheists pretend you're so above it all, but you guys are basically your religion too. You've got your beliefs, we've got ours, we're equal. Right, right. And
0: then you're arguing over definitions of words again, and then, then that's stupid and you should step back insert
1: stalin and exactly. then insert hitler and you right. know it's uh those were all fun times remember that I and do. then I then do. harris's book the End of faith had this he put the just i think the hardest swing on religion i've ever seen and uh emphasized some of the absurdity in the deuteronomy quote that um Ucharsky pulls out here i, I forget the, the full context of it in the in the post here but it was like here's something that like you know this isn't something that you find in an atheist circle uh, and you, the thing is, you wouldn't find this in a religious circle either. So maybe I'll... I'll, I'll uh, not I just, really today. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but read the quote first, and then we will both tell you why we disagree. Outside of certain parts of the world. Like, you wouldn't find this, like, for example, during my arguments with people in, in high school and college, right? No one there was saying we should kill non-believers. But right. the idea was that if someone, your daughter, your son... Actually, didn't say your daughter. It was always your son or your whatever. It's your always son, your brother, yeah. You know, Tries to secretly seduce you, saying, "Let us go and serve other gods." You must not listen to him. You must not show him pity. And then yada yada yada. You must kill him.
0: Yeah. You know, immediately take him outside the city and stone him to death. Right? Yep. Take
2: yeah. him out behind the shed. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> yeah.
0: And um, the well, the reason that we disagree uh partly is because this this following quote which is also from the same post post where eliezer says this was the rule which stalin set for communism and hitler for nazism do not debate him or set forth your own evidence do not perform replicable experiments or examine history but turn him in at once to the secret police that's actually a really good parallel yes that 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 was the we look at the abridged version of an already short
1: post in our notes here and i kind of forgot the context of it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's perfect and, and th- that, is, that is the, if we leave definitions of religion aside, this is the crux of what people have a problem with.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that is also, like, I have recently um, claimed that, not claimed, because I was not the originar- an originator of this idea. I have uh, repeated the claim that has been made by several academics now that wokeism is basically a new secular religion. And um, while there aren't out killing anybody yet, there is very much, you know, a couple steps below that where, like, do not... S- debate with other people that think differently do not examine evidence do not perform experiments simply uh cast them out of society and try to make sure that they cannot work or live anywhere
2: and i wouldn't call it a religion i would still say it's an ideology only because they lack the hierarchy and the organization that a religion has i
0: don't think all religions necessarily need hierarchy and organization maybe they, I think do. they do the reason i think of it as a religion is because i think um that there are Boy, we should maybe do a whole podcast episode on, the, on this. But in in brief, uh, I think that it turns out uh, humans are very different, which is something I did not know when I was <laughs> younger. I'm, I was really surprised by this. And it's a whole revelation that I'm going to have to write a whole thing about. But um, humans are really different. And, like, I am pretty much fine without a religion. I don't have those religion needs and hooks in me. You don't have a
2: God-shaped hole in your heart. Sadly, no.
0: But it turns out that, like, a lot of people honestly... Are just different people, and they have these religious needs and and drives and hooks in their being. And when atheism pointed out that religion is fucking stupid and God is a bullshit sky fairy tale, they were left adrift without those needs being fulfilled, and life sucked for them for like a decade. And then wokeism has come in and hooked into all those needs and uh, is fulfilling them. And I think that is why it is akin to a religion because it it meets those needs that religion used to meet, but without a sky daddy. I feel like that too neatly fills the explanation. Yeah. Like, no, oh, it's look. It's my own little.
1: Oh, no, I like that. But it's just like, it's also kind of has like that same kind of like, oh, we'll call ourselves brights instead of instead of atheists. Kind of <laughs> yes. like. A plus. You know. We, yeah. we, we, we don't need religion because
0: we're better than them. But the plebs, they need it, right? Um, I, I really think there might people be some, are different. There might be something to that. No. Yeah. Because I felt the same way. I was like, no, you just get religion. We'll all be better off. And I'm like, oh. Oh no, this, 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 wow. People are very, very different.
2: I agree with both of you where I don't think that there is a God shaped hole in people's hearts necessarily, or like a religion drive per se, but you do tend to see we are communal animals and humans get together. They make traditions and they have superstitions and they do rituals and that there does seem to just be something human and comforting about that, but it doesn't have to be based on magic and persecution.
1: I like, I, I would if I was going to compare Buddhism to religion, I would point out that it, de- it that it deals in sacred truths mm-hmm. rather than in um, questioning one's assumptions and and looking for answers, right? Yeah, which is uh, kind
2: of our sacred truth, and I love it. Well, yeah,
1: it's it reminds me of the Carl Sagan quote describing science, and he says the only the only sacred truth is that there are no sacred truths. But if you're to hold that up as like, aha, you guys have sacred truths too, that's just not really fair. Yeah, like. And I'm not saying well, that
2: the, you, you care about things too,
0: right? Yeah, it's like it. The the reason because John McWhorter put the forth, put this forth in his book, and he points out things like wokeism has it's specifically an American phenomenon and an American Protestant phenomenon to fill in the religion gap that was created when new atheism you know basically kicked out religion of,
2: yeah all, because like all-consuming ideologies
0: well not only is it an all-consuming ideology but it is it is specifically to to help these protestants that don't have religion anymore because it has the same things as christianity did. it has an original sin it has uh redemption through faith rather than works it has the confessing that you are an irrede- irredeemable sinner and throwing yourself upon the mercy
2: <laughs> it kind of has its holy books in the sense that you need to like provide receipts
0: yeah yeah it it it, it really mimics um protestant christianity in many ways aside from taking out the the god aspect because that was the part that the atheists were like you're wrong and stupid and you know it was wrong and it was stupid but um so a new religion came in that just was like okay we'll replace that wrong stupid part and bring back all the other things and all those other things were still shitty too is the claim that this is a purely american phenomena primarily I
1: yeah
2: yeah definitely have seen this in other um
1: i think it's absolutely going it, on everywhere
2: yeah well uh... Yeah, it's, it's in different forms actually, yeah. though. Like, it is very different in other countries, hmm. and this in... could be a really interesting topic to talk more about what it looks like. Because I remember reading—I um, don't want to get into it—but I read this really interesting article about what South Korea, mm-hmm. what South Korean culture is like. I, I read about how wokeism is trying to spread into France and how
0: that is affecting their their culture. Mm. Yeah, I just remember hearing like a couple of years ago
1: that someone running for some government seat in South Africa was. Taken down by some tweet they had said about something or other that was innocuous ten years ago, but now wasn't. And that sounds like pure, you know, that sounds like purely this phenomenon. But mm-hmm. it's
2: the OG wokeism.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but this this was years ago in South Africa. Like this wasn't. uh, And I guess to say mostly an American phenoma- phenomena doesn't mean it can't be elsewhere. But it
2: seems maybe an American led phenomenon. Eh,
1: maybe. I honestly, I'm inclined to like 90% of bullshit I see online, which is great because I'm barely online anymore. Mm-hmm. I just assume everybody who is being insane is literally like just a Russian agent to sow <laughs> disharmony. Yeah. And that uh, probably
2: makes you sleep better at night. I got really upset recently. I was going to say this when we were talking about why, uh, you know, when eating Ashbeth went, we eh. mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, well, I don't think people are, you know, believing this stuff anymore. I was on YouTube. It was on something completely unrelated. Um, it was like a psychiatrist talking about working with patients and just, yeah, completely unrelated to anything. Or actually, no, it's even worse. Somebody wrote this, like, comment that was this really sad, oh, my dad had this and we struggled for x many years. like, wrote this really like, heartfelt thing. Mm. And someone replied to it and started screaming about how COVID vaccines are a like, communist you know, scam to get us all microchipped and then something about Mm. the second coming. Like, it was... Mm. Sounds
1: like a Russian bot to me.
2: Like... (laughs) (laughs) maybe but like i i I hope so yeah you know what i'm gonna headcanon that that's what that was so i'm this is youtube comments yeah
1: i mean this this isn't a real place anyway then this is this is purely just for insane people
2: but Mm. like what was funny was everybody else in the comments that was trying to be reasonable and saying can you please explain what you mean by that and like Mm. this thing is contradictory and then the person just kept rambling more stuff that made no sense. And the person kept responding each time that mm-hmm. y- you didn't answer my question. Right. P- please read my original question. So, <laughs> like, I'm glad to see that other people kind of came together to police the comments section. But I felt really bad for the original person who just wrote a nice story about her dad and had I, this shitstorm follow.
0: I think YouTube has done something with their algorithm. where oh, they, they have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the comments that are more promoting, you know, reasonableness rather than outrage are the
2: ones that are being um, shown now it's the comment section so much better i can actually sometimes read the comments now yeah it's weird i only ever glance at comments if i'm listening
1: to like work music and it's like a 10 hour track of, of things i'm like what song is this And somewhere in the comments will tell me mm-hmm. or if it's like here's how to replace the spark plugs on your car yeah and especially because they took away the the you can't see the downvote count mm-hmm. and fuck me if I'm going to follow a tutorial that had a 50% downvote, right? So I need to skim the comments and be like, does this actually work? Yeah. But what am I going to, like, watch a YouTube video on some video game thing and, like, read what other people have to say? No, I'm going to just... <laughs> I mean,
0: no, generally not. But it's it's striking how it feels like a social good to get rid of all the outrage porn and, and hate-mongering that has been poisoning our society. But then I'm like, huh, that's, that's kind of, you know, again, scary. That giant masters are controlling what is said and seen outrage porn fills your god-shaped hole (laughs) damn it maybe it does i don't want more of it but i also don't want censorship so i'm kind of torn
2: Now the way i think about that is that the really vocal terrible people tend to be a small angry minority Mm -hmm. and they're just making spaces worse for everyone this feels more democratic in the sense of like other people who might not even want to read the comments or get involved are now posting and like The rest of the comments in that thread were all, like, really interesting stories about, like, people's experience with therapy or with, like, family members with a certain disorder. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing that... And uh, I've been, like, watching videos and reading the comments in them, like, for a bit there. And that was the first one I ran into that was just like, whoa!
1: (laughs) No, that sounds valuable. And you're looking at stuff where people were sharing things worth seeing. It was, like,
2: educational. And the people were providing, like, really interesting commentary as well. That's
0: really cool. Maybe if there was an option to... Take off filters or something. I don't know. There are there are YouTube ext or there are Chrome extensions that you can do to, <laughs> well,
2: to go try it, it, but not look at it for two seconds and then. Well, <laughs> oh, no, no. There are, there
1: are ones where like it can change all the comments to just say puppies 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 or whatever.
0: <laughs> but there are also ones where you can filter by keyword. Yeah, um, but there's none where you can like remove the algorithm that decided which comments get shown. No, but like I I imagine that you could go in there and just say
1: look. I don't want to see a comment that has the word COVID or vaccine in it. Like, yeah, I'm no, just I'm just sick of that shit. So you block that shit out, and then you get to ignore those things.
0: You know that's great, and I you know filtering out shit like that is awesome too. But I like the ability to do the filtering myself, and I dislike the ability to remove the filters other people have imposed.
2: I like the default. Yeah, the I, default is great. I think it's actually, good to give as you... long as
0: there was an ability to
2: remove the default, right? Well, yeah, but I think I think you can, right? Is that what you're you, just saying?
0: Yeah. I would like for there to be that ability. I'm not sure if that would be a net positive to society, but one of our listeners
2: probably knows if you can do that. Should we finish this up? Because yes, we're, where were we?
0: The next thing we're going to talk about is actually very related, probably. But um, yeah, let's do this. Uh, we were saying that these things will ch- supercharge the halo effect, and we want to avoid them. If uh, you feel that contradicting someone who makes a flawed, nice claim in favor of your position, uh. If if you feel I would be giving in comfort to the enemy, then that's that's a bad sign. Like I I know we all say there's nothing I hate more than a bad argument for a position I like
3: mm-hmm. or
0: for a position I support, and um those those should be called out because they're bad arguments. If you feel that like even saying something critical about a bad argument for a position you support is a dangerous or bad thing to do, that's a sign that you're in a uh, death spiral. Do you remember Jeff Foxworthy like 20 years ago had a sketch? That was
1: always like if whatever you've got a set of back back row uh, truck seats in your lawn, you might be a redneck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that you could do you could do a list of these for like you might be in effect you might be in a happy death spiral. Yeah, if you're if you're afraid to 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 call out any problems. With a position
0: that you and your friends agree with, you might be in an effective death spiral. <laughs> if you feel like you get some sort of spiritual credit for each nice thing you say about your uh, position, about your your great idea, you might be in an effective death spiral or happy <laughs> if, death spiral.
2: If you have the distinct sense that the other people in the room will dislike you for not supporting our troops, if you argue against the latest war,
1: you might be in an effective death spiral.
0: <laughs> And if saying anything about the great idea gets you stoned to death or shot. You might be stoned to death or shot.
2: <laughs> you might just be dead, I think. Yeah. <laughs> then, that—that then the, th- hence the death spiral. <laughs> yeah. Then the effective death spiral has gone super critical. It is now a super happy death spiral. Yes. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Yeah, he's saying religion isn't special enough as a class of mistakes to be the key problem. The key problem is super uh, effective, super happy effective death spirals. And they turn much deadlier when criticism becomes a sin, or a gaffe, or a crime.
2: Yeah, this makes me think of positive psychology, or, like, sort of toxic positivity, actually. I think that that can be really invalidating, and it's hard to be in an environment when you're around a lot of people that sort of are like, turn that frown upside down, you Mm. know, like, basically where you're being shamed for having negative emotions ever, or worries, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, anytime you're shamed for for offering a criticism.
2: And that's not a religion. It's just, like, another, you know, another class of mistake.
0: Yeah, and he points out that, like, you know, one of the reasons it should be okay to uh, argue against um, arguments, I guess, (laughs) uh, is that uh, the vast majority of possible beliefs in a non-trivial answer space are false. Likewise, the vast majority of possible supporting arguments for a true belief are also false. So, yeah, a lot of them are just going to be false even if the belief is true because the supporting argument is bad he ends on this note which i have never forgotten and is one of the most seared into my brain i love it a lot who wants to read it i think you get to
2: yeah you're the one that loves it okay
0: all right uh he ends with and it is triple ultra forbidden to respond to criticism with violence there are a few there are a very few injunctions in the human art of rationality that have no ifs ands buts or escape clauses this is one of them Bad argument gets counter argument. Does not get bullet. Never, never, ever, never, forever. Don't do it. <laughs> and I, I'm glad we haven't gotten to that point yet, but I hope we never do.
2: I am, yeah, that was my thought too, where uh, I think, except for the actually just sort of hilarious protest at that one seafire reunion, like, I can't think of any, like, we, we, we as a community, I guess you're still quite small, but we haven't had any, like, terrorist attacks or shooters or you know people getting in a knife fight about newcomb's box right
0: (laughs) well i meant just like in the society we live in here in america because like up in canada they're getting kind of
2: close in rationality no No, the government like
0: it, 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 they pulled back which is great but yeah no the government got very close to the point of just making it illegal to say things to counter the government
2: okay yeah so
0: anyways for (laughs) next time we are reading the ne- uh, boy, this is an interesting name. The less wrong posts, fake, fake utility functions, and fake utility functions. So <laughs> I guess we've got to read about fake, fake ones before we can read about fake ones. Not to be confused with real utility functions. <laughs> definitely not. That would be terrible. All righty. So today is kind of a grab bag. We're talking about a bunch of things. Um, and one of those things was oh, do you want let's talk on Ukraine and Russia real fast before we get totally canceled? Sure. Okay, Um, I'm sure everybody by now knows that uh, Ukraine is being invaded by Russia, and Ukraine is putting up a surprisingly strong resistance, although I assume they're eventually going to be overrun, just because Russia has so much more, you know, manpower and and troop power, uh, unless they get outside assistance. And Russia has said, uh, don't give Ukraine outside assistance, or we might nuke you and increase their nuclear readiness level. Uh, in response to that, um, you guys are familiar with Robin Wiblin from Eighty Thousand Hours? Mm, that yeah. rings a bell. Okay, he's uh, the head of Eighty Thousand Hours, a rationalist, uh, effective altruism organization, and he lives in or near London, I believe. And after he said weighing a lot of these uh risks and his personal costs, he is moving out to the countryside to be further away from a major city center, specifically. To avoid the possibility of getting nuked, and what do we think about this? I guess what are the reactions?
1: I mean, I don't know much about his financial financial situation or how much of a life uplifting thing this was. This could have been something he's been wanting to do for a decade, and it's like, all right, you know what? I've been Here's saving my for excuse. it, yeah. right? So if if uh, if rationalists in droves were were fleeing the Bay Area in favor of like Wyoming. You Know somewhere where like you couldn't even tell if it was nuked, mm-hmm. then like uh, <laughs> wow, harsh <laughs> drive by at Wyoming. Um, I just imagine somebody in Wyoming like angrily taking a horse to Utah to get Wi Fi to comment back at how rude that was. <laughs> oh my um, god, I have well, family in Wyoming. All our Wyoming Patreons today. Um, where was I going with that?
0: Oh, it's one guy who went, to, you know, who, yes, smart dude. But he he, did say for him, the costs are exceptionally low. Um, It basically doesn't affect his life at all. And he was kind of thinking it'd be nice. So I'm not too worried about like my assessment of nuclear
1: risk going up based on this one guy's kind of like, I felt like doing this anyway, decision, right? Mm -hmm. But it is kind of scary. I don't know. uh, I don't fuck all about all of this. Um, You know, my hot take is war is bad. Um, (laughs) I also am curious, like you said that they, you know, Ukraine military might be overpowered just by sheer numbers Mm -hmm. uh a are ukrainian citizens allowed to own guns um i
0: guess that's my first question the ukrainian government has literally thrown open the armory and is handing out long guns to civilians that are willing to defend the nation and also they're conscripting all uh males between the ages of 18 and 60 and i'm surprised they stopped at 18 usually they go down to 16 in these things uh to fight the russians they can't leave the country now there's
2: volunteers as well that they're arming
0: there are people from uh, other countries coming in to volunteer there's
2: like uh, caravans or uh, that's probably the wrong word but you know like countries that are helping bring people to where they need to be
1: i guess i just can't imagine what the end game looks like for this in like a year from now you know say yes we've beaten the military but every time we try and go down the street someone shoots at us
0: russia i mean they'll probably be able to take ukraine but they're gonna bleed there for 20 years it's gonna be worse than afghanistan was for us yeah i I, I think so yeah it's
1: I I don't, I don't know. I so I'm not that's my thing is I'm not an expert on any of this. I have no idea what if Putin's lost his marbles or if this is some, you know, smart move <laughs> he but lost like a while ago, but... Th- this seems like the stupidest thing.
0: I just can't imagine like engaging in a ground war be like, "Eh, it'll be no one will care." I like, mean, like there's a know, whole thing about it in the latest Mind Killer uh, episode we talk about it a bit like what Putin's motivations probably are especially based on uh the assessment of of the intelligence community and what he has said West publicly gave an amazing troop
1: deployment Mm, Yes, that it was might be largely motivated by small dick energy yes so i i I thought it was i was laughing out loud in my car listening to that way can you summarize
2: it i haven't listened to that one yet i am afraid i can't he he summarized it explicitly not body
1: shaming not even about his dick size it's his his small dick energy energy yes and i i can't summarize it because it's a work of art it just has to
0: be consumed in its entirety so all
1: right yeah we'll post a link to it
2: up will does that and it is at the I... very
0: end of the episode because uh my the troop deployments are last and wes's is last so if that's all you want to hear skip to like two three minutes before the end
2: uh can i do a little shout out thing a friend wanted me to signal boost razam if anyone wants to help the refugees uh the ukrainian refugees in the nearby areas and has medical training they should talk to razam and i'll post a link any prospective volunteers should contact their country's Ukrainian embassy or apply by email. And that's it.
0: I was thinking, like, to prepare for nuclear exchange, I guess it depends on how bad it gets. Like, it sounds like um, Wiblin is assuming that maybe a few cities get nuked and it stops at that because um, I'd otherwise, like, if it was entire civilization collapse, I I wouldn't want to keep living. But um, if you think it might just be like one or two cities get taken out, then uh, some good things that you could do is have some... Uh, potassium iodine tablets handy which are cheap and we will include links and they will prevent radioactive material from building up in your thyroids uh should that happen um best thing to do is you know try not to be if if you know nuke is coming try not to be somewhere where the blast will get you like go into a basement if you can get behind uh sturdy walls Absolutely, do not look at the blast. And um,
1: I feel like if a nuke is coming for your city mm-hmm. and like you know it's on its way in ten minutes, just go outside and let it. You know,
0: <laughs> don't, don't don't try and like get crushed by building and you know dehydrate for two days. I just if if you're gonna be in the city, then yeah. If you're out like in the suburbs, you got a decent chance of surviving. Yeah, this is all pretty grim. I yeah. instead will just look. I'll, I'll, let me just throw some
1: probably misplaced optimism at this and that. Like I admit, I think. <laughs> Stephen, what what do you base your prior on? Mm -hmm. Hope, (laughs) Um, I I don't see this ending, or like I don't see this escalating to like Russia bombing major cities across the planet, Mm -hmm. because all that's going to do is make enemies, and somebody will fire back and be indiscriminate about it, like like okay, cool, well you blew up London and Paris, we're gonna just we're gonna turn all of Russia into a into a glass land, and that's you know thanks for playing like that,
0: i mean that is the logic behind mad yeah but uh you know i honestly i i think putin might fire the nukes if he had the ability to if it goes badly enough for him just because i think he's that kind of person the the what's the point of a world existing if there's no russia in it type of person but there's
2: no russia ruled by me you're yeah, right right <laughs>
0: but um I whether they would just
2: assassinate him first
0: whether they would actually launch like i don't know because he's not the one who literally inputs the coordinates and presses the launch button he gives the order so there's points of failure in between and um i kind of hope we'd have another petrov or something like that or even just you know this second in the the whoever the next down the line is like nope not going to happen maybe there's some cool
1: secret nuclear deterrent technology that like you know the second they leave the ground they're just immediately
0: shot yeah. you know from space with lasers i do think it's a extremely small risk uh, at least right now who knows if things keep escalating but i don't i don't think it's a huge worry my main my main advice would be to have uh have some water in your basement have some potassium iodine tablets and have at least two weeks of calories in a non-perishable form maybe
2: like, some gas masks uh maybe some gas masks yeah but the ones with the filters mm-hmm. uh i mean like the straw filters as well as the obvious air filters
0: yeah but like some canned food some water and uh i think that's just general good life advice <laughs> also anybody who listened to our episode a couple years ago with gray about guns i really hope that you own at least one gun by now but uh you
2: know uh astral codex and zv both did uh some ukraine war casting where they look at metaculus. so if you want to see what the prediction markets think is going to happen for example like we'll give fall to russia by april 1st they gave that a 69 percent chance Nice. Sorry. Inappropriate. I trying didn't even register some... that because I was looking at the chart and trying to like... I'm trying <laughs> so to... you said nice and I was like, yeah, like that's lower chances than... I... Oh. I'm, I'm trying
1: to introduce some levity because that's the most bummed I've been during recording in a while. So oh, no. It's fine. You know, nuclear war is serious shit and it should be a bummer, but uh, I'm going to just go ahead and stick my head in the sand until a nuke goes off. Mm-hmm. And if one does and I miss the news, shoot me a text.
2: Well. Anyway, I think that that's the most predicted relevant question on Metaculus, and uh, it's kind of hopeful that the first day of the war the market predicted as high as 90%. Then, when people realized the strength of the Ukrainian resistance, it fell to 80. That Saturday, 78, then 72, and then it, yeah, it went to, down to 69 after some combination of uh, a really good speech. And a report that some Russian paratroopers have been repelled, and then it's been kind of holding at 69 since then. So, so it actually is nice. Yeah, it's, it's gone like, way down. Not, you know, 39 or lo- but like you know, it, it's it's trending downwards. It doesn't sound like it's uh, definitely going to happen, or at least soon.
0: Real quick, both of y'all, um, and I'll give my answer too. I guess if there was complete nuclear exchange and total civilizational collapse, so that afterwards we're living in a Mad Max kind of world, would you want to survive the initial exchange? Yes. Okay. I can always opt out later. That's true. Yeah.
2: I want to survive as long as possible. All right. As long as my quality of life isn't... I mean, obviously, you know, if I'm... My answer is always going to be yes, because I want to continue living. And I think that even kind of a miserable existence is still better than not existing. Unless it gets too miserable to the point where it's not like I can't really do the things that are cool, like explore and, you know, read or talk to other humans. So...
0: My answer is no. Really? Um well, due to the back injury from a couple of years ago, I'm now on uh anti-inflammatories for the rest of my life and with a civilization collapse, I couldn't get those anymore and I assumed the pain would be enough to be severely quality of life degrading. I also wouldn't be able to get antidepressants and I'm not sure that's as big a deal anymore because I'm in a better mental position than I was when I went on them, but it might be contributing, but I think more than still anything be able else, to get those things. Uh, I, I mean, No, I not if there's a complete
2: civilization collapse. That's what civiliz- civilization collapse is. Yeah, there's still going to be black markets and bartering, and you, there's tons of stock of this shit. You but can no, i like would no, no, be
1: making more diclofenac. That's fine. Right. But that's like, the thing. The,
0: the thing is, there's enough stock to last a few months, maybe, and then the they rest of my to life I'm it. in pain. I mean... The no, thing... that's the point of civilization collapse. You need a society of at least several hundreds of millions of people to the stuff we do nowadays the thing is i think you would notice especially with like if you're if you're concerned is your back pain getting out of
1: control because you're not taking enough anti like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories mm-hmm. i think you would notice today if you started weaning off of them mm-hmm. that you're like oh i turns out i don't need to take two a day i can get by on one just fine oh but look at that i can get by on one every couple oh, every couple days
0: i actually can get by with one but it's more uncomfortable i think that i mean and this is a longer
1: conversation about just like chronic pain management and situation probably you know everyone's situation is unique but mm-hmm. like uh,
0: but it's not. okay. Oh, go
1: ahead. I, I mean, I just like the the benefit you get from a nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory is pretty marginal, mm-hmm. right? And so it might be that like you are on the margin that where like that little one percent difference actually is, you know, the difference between wanting to live and not. But
3: mm-hmm.
1: I, I suspect you would be like, oh, okay, my mind's occupied with other things, and sure, my back aches a little bit, but you know, <laughs> I, I that's just my guess. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Like that is my starting position. But more importantly than that, like I. Everything that, like, gives me meaning and that I feel I can contribute to the world with right now depends on this level of technological advancement and this complex of a society. And if that was taken away, there's really not much point to my living as far as I can see it.
2: You don't think your loved ones would miss you or, you know, that you'd want to gather together with them and try to protect them? Like, that's, again, like, just, what I'm it's thinking It's just so about. hard to
0: see a, a future where that matters because really I mean... we're we're all gonna die there's no way we're going to be able to uh, freeze our heads or reach um, aging escape velocity because society's been set back several thousand years like at that point like what's the point it feels to me and on top of there's no point anymore I also now have you know a lot more pain and possibly mental issues and it's just like fuck it I, I don't why hang on for another 20 30 years in a hard scrabble miserable existence? You could you could make your your life's goal some sort of John Wick
1: style revenge mission against right? who whoever? Putin? Well, yeah, basically, <laughs> or who, you know anyone who anyone who helped was in the chain of command there who was still alive at London Nukes. A, you know? I think
0: if I'm you'd, you'd be at the, you'd be at the back of a very long line of people trying to kill these people. Well, not but... only that, I'm going to have a really hard time getting to Russia using only my feet and whatever I can hack together out of wood and ropes. <laughs> Somebody will have planes. You know there there are planes.
2: Still. Yeah, we might get that ice bridge back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can walk. Anyway, this is, like, really, really... This is such an unlikely scenario. Uh, yeah, I was just
0: curious it, what you guys were thinking.
2: World War Three will it happen before 2050? Uh, Metaculus says 20% chance.
1: 20? Wow, that's more than I expected. I would need a good definition of what a world war is.
2: Oh, that's the thing point. is, over the past two years, the question's been bounced from about 7 to 19. Okay. So its highest value ever is 20, but, it, you know...
1: Like, is it a world war if... Uh, Whatever,
2: Um, if the United Kingdom
1: gets involved in this
2: conflict. The World War, as any war whose combatants have 30% of the world GDP or 50% of the world population, and in which 10 million people die
0: okay
1: so if california goes to war then it's a world war basically (laughs) if silicon valley goes to
0: war we're halfway to world war three
1: at least
2: that makes Hmm. me feel
0: a little better because you could have a
2: conventional world war three that doesn't in a nuclear exchange in theory we could take those nerds
0: (laughs) not if they're using their robots (laughs) i I was actually just imagining
2: jeff bezos and his robot being like oh
1: yeah (laughs) i was gonna make a joke about like any any societal collapse that gets to the point where like people can't hear this podcast means like life isn't worth living anymore that's basically my position not because like this podcast is what makes life worth living but if things okay, get bad eno- lost <laughs> <me>. <laughs> if things get bad enough to where you can't listen to this yeah. it's like oh the internet's gone yeah that's what i'm talking about well so Mad max what, what you should do is just go to best buy today mm-hmm. or amazon or whatever buy a five or buy a petabyte hard drive mm-hmm. and just download a ton of shit that you haven't seen yet and it'll last you some months you yeah. know, and you'll need a generator, yeah, yeah. and then you can just hunker down and like, oh, I've never seen Breaking Bad yet, like you know, or whatever, right? So,
0: <laughs> yeah, at last, I have time to read everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe it'll be
0: pretty good. Cool. All right, so we—I think we got enough time to cover this one last thing. We wanted to desperately try to get canceled, Stephen. Someone did. Yeah, I put that on the little
1: cliff notes. So I've got it. Just a stupid question because I—I I listened to. A podcast called blockchain and Reported once mm. in a while. It's
0: a good podcast, I like it.
1: It's it's good. It's, it's very culture wary. That's the thing. It's entirely culture wary. Yeah. It's it's fun in doses. Exactly, and so that's why I'm definitely not a paid subscriber. Not because I necessarily dislike their stuff, but like the four hours a week or four hours a month of it that I get already is plenty. I do not need twice that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they there's a. And I even went to Wikipedia and looked, and I couldn't figure out like what made this objectionable. Mm. And that's this is the perfect fodder for like this is like okay, Stephen C. lining us. Um, <laughs> they keep talking about critical race theory, mm-hmm. and I go to Wikipedia and I'm like, okay, teach you know the historical context of you know, the, the, nothing, nothing objectionable there. Mm-hmm.
0: Why is everyone losing their shit?
2: Oh, because uh, <laughs> so it doesn't mean what they yeah
0: what the definition says. The critical race theory has a technical definition, which is a whole college course thinking of ways of looking at society critical race theory is now the term that is used for wokeism because people didn't want to say wokeism it sounds too i don't know unprofessional or silly or whatever so critical race theory is the stand in for that
1: oh well that's a short answer to that mystery then
0: oh was that that was all of it i i was just curious why what
1: the what the contention was here Hmm. but if it's because they're subbing it in for uh another concept that they don't want to defend you know they're um like no one's going to defend wokeism right mm. well let me rephrase that people some people will be reluctant to defend wokeism as a flag but if they can put the flag if they can label it critical race theory or okay. something or progressivism or
0: whatever they'll die on that hill right See, i think it was the anti wokeist faction that started calling it critical race theory
2: i have a specific uh image that i just found from the texas public policy foundation uh-oh and it's a. Uh, I i think this was a tweet actually but Are you wondering if critical race theory is being taught in your child's school? Stay on the lookout for some of CRT's less buzzworthy names and language. hashtag ban CRT. And then there's a image of a list of how to identify critical race theory in the classroom. So like, implicit slash unconscious slash internalized bias, anti-racism, microaggressions, white privilege. CQ, like IQ, but for cultural intelligence. Oh, that's a new one to me. Colonialism. Well, you know what's funny about CQ
0: instead
1: of for cultural intelligence is that they got one of the letters wrong out of the two letters they shorthanded it for. <laughs>
2: yeah, but well, maybe they just spelled it wrong because it does actually say CQ. I didn't even notice
1: that. I mean, cultural quotient. Okay, sure. Cultural intelligence quotient. That Yeah,
2: not- it actually is cultural quotient. They just screwed up this. Uh, that's where you...
0: Quantify how good cultures are? Okay,
2: just the word normative. Normative. Huh. Apparently. Okay. Uh, or identity. Or the words ally or allyship. Hmm. So no Social talking, constructs. No talking about World War Two. Black <laughs> Lives Matter. <laughs> Reparation. Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah.
1: This so is this is Diversity. Funny. It's, th- this reminds me, like you said, you know, are, is your kid being taught this? Here's a list of things to find out. All I can think of is that South Park episode where they're talking about cheesing, where that's like getting high <laughs> on cat piss. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, Fake shit to put on the news to freak out parents to make them stick around to the commercials. I mean, do you remember? Are your parents
0: or are your kids playing satanic games? Uh, I remember references to that. I wasn't playing games yeah, in the eighties. Before my time, but right, I yeah. Though, have friends who remember. I have outed myself as an old again. <laughs> it's interesting because that 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 is. It was, as far as I can tell, originally a, a conservative coinage that they don't want to say wokeism because that makes them sound unserious, so they called it critical race theory, and I think that was, you know, kind of a dumb mistake, but all the wokists just didn't have a term at all because when you're winning, you don't need a term, right? I think they just called it social justice. Yeah, maybe they called it social justice. or Social justice was probably the most common term at the time. It's weird. All And, you know, we were talking about, like,
1: wokeism as a happy death spiral earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, the... And I, I was uh, cognizant for this sort of conversation back in 2001 when people were ta- were responding to, like, the 9-11 terrorist attacks mm. um, with everything from, you know, we need to go to war or, um, you know, let's let's just nuke the entire Middle East and turn it all into, you know, a barren wasteland.
3: Yeah.
1: No one, at least in those little circles I was in as a kid, stepped in and be like, you know, that's a really stupid fucking overreaction, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um the idea that you can't jump in and be like, well, no, actually, hold on. Now, that that's a step too far. Mm-hmm. We have hit that point with some of these these topics, right? Oh, yes. Um, Quite a bit. And I don't really know what to make of that other than, like, things level out eventually. I get this. Right? Is do it just... They?
2: Or do they just turn into, like, different kinds of outrage? Is it just me, or has the world been going steadily
0: more insane over the past few years? No. I think it might be going more... In- well, that's
2: the thing. I think we're I, way saner than we used to be. Yeah, I mean like when you look at those sort of global you know levels of poverty edu- education literacy how many people are dying of diseases none of those like, have
0: anything to do with sanity though like i agree all of those are much well, better they, i
2: think they do i mean being able to develop infrastructure and technology and medicine you know has to do with sanity you can't do that if you're
0: well i mean the u.s is kind of famous right now and the western world in general pretty famous for not being able to make infrastructure anymore due to uh,
2: primarily cost disease but We're still like the wealthiest that we've ever been and yeah. I, I don't know I think that like I think we just have more media and more exposure to all the crazy it's kind of like what I was saying about the YouTube comments being ruined or yeah. any space being ruined by a small vocal minority.
0: And I think that's what but that's what I'm saying that's what's been happening and it's making everybody more crazy right. I
2: think we're just giving more platforms you know it's like the outrage porn sells so mm-hmm. more crazies are getting more platforms and mm-hmm. and it looks worse than it is.
1: And I think much of this, like I said, is deliberate enemy action to divide the the countries that they're trying to sow discord among, right? I like, don't disagree, but if it's working, then the country is actually
0: getting more crazy, right?
1: Yeah, so I, I think depending on like the kind of sanity that or you know depending on what your metric is but yeah if your metric is like how people on twitter are reacting to things then yes things are have never been crazier well right?
0: no twitter is yeah the, the far leader in this but it seems to be sa- seeping more and more into the rest of the world i used to be like twitter pff, whatever twitter doesn't matter uh, but twitter feels like it's the breeding ground that starts things and then it gets more and more into the real world and starts affecting actual institutions that matter and people in positions of power I think a
2: lot of this is positive though i mean it, it gets worse before it gets better but i think that this is just a, a symptom of us having like a global platform and all these people being exposed to different ideas and people and because twitter you could say you know there's terrible discourse there's also amazing discourse like mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think that a lot of the stuff that people are like you know reacting against um and that might be of you know might be going too far in some areas are legitimate grievances that need to be addressed and just like if there's anything I know about history, which is very little, so I could be wrong, but things don't just level out. They swing hard in the other way first, mm. right? So if it's, you know, got to the point where like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of something insane. Um, actually, this is a good example because it was a Russian bot, basically. Like, a, oh, this was a, a, there was a small uh, internet media outlet. I'd have to find the whole story. Remember like a few years ago where like, Some people might have in their minds that like Aziz Ansari is some creepy, you know, rapist dude. Yeah. Um, What it was was he had a date that there was an uh, awkward date, and well, and it was awkward enough to where, per per the the woman who was so the woman was reached out to by a small internet magazine owned uh, by a. Russian company that, that does these things. Like, this was a deliberate thing to be like, aha, let's make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And not only will that piss people off, but when they realize that we made something out of nothing, that'll also piss people off, and they'll have, a lot, they'll have a lot to fight about. Yeah. This the kind of little moves that just are, are really easy to, to get people to fight over. Yeah. Um, but... It, yeah, it was it was something made from nothing, and it was obviously made from nothing. But anyone who pointed that out was then challenged online by saying, "How dare you dismiss this? Whatever." And they were they were criticizing a bad argument, and therefore got crucified for it. But a I don't sign know if of an were... effective of that spiral. Yeah, and uh, uh, some of them were probably crucified by further you know misinformation agents, and some of them were crucified by people who you know drank the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I bring that up because you know. Um, affirmative consent and the idea of uh, um, you know safe and comfortable dialogue before those sorts of, of activities that stuff is, is is radically important and it mm-hmm. was not and it was not emphasized enough 30 years ago right mm-hmm. so we're, we're swinging back, we're we're, we're we're like at the you know the far end of pushing back against that but i think it's leveling out to a point where that'll be you know chill and people can be relaxed and comfortable i really hope so i think so i keep maybe i'm optimistic
0: it's because um i have read uh, a lot of ada palmer and uh, she's a historian she wrote the to like the lightning and that entire Terra Gnata series you it's, did an interview with her i did once upon a time yeah, yeah. yeah i should link it um but uh she she, due to, you know, the era of history that re- she researches, is really knowledgeable about the uh, religious wars uh, in Europe. And, like, the the this was not the only reason. There were many reasons behind it. But one of the things, uh, one of the problems was the printing press and the dissemination of ideas. And eventually, Europe found a way to, like, assimilate this new technology and not have wars against each other. But it took about a century. And hopefully we move much faster in all regards here but if we have to have like a brief religious war in america before we can figure out how to assimilate twitter into human life that's gonna suck i
1: think i remember I think this the is... great
2: twitter wars of 2055 <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ones with actual guns and bombs
1: i think this is probably the throes of the twitter wars and like yeah. this is as bad as it's gonna get i really hope
2: because i mean the other thing i thought it was just History of America is kind of like we had like first nations people, and then they got colonized, and then other people came over, and they all fight with each other, and they colonized everything, and then they they got slaves, and then then that was the thing. And now, like considering that, like our our big problem right now is people getting angry at each other on Twitter, like
0: right. At least it's not genocide. I
2: feel like that we're we're doing a little better. (laughs) And this that was another thing where you know the U.S. was this place where. They used to call it the melting pot of, Mm -hmm. I forget if it was cultures or whatever, but like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that causes strife. You know, you cram a whole bunch of people together from different races and backgrounds and cultures, and it's going to like take a while for people to figure each other out and how to get along. But seems to be a thing we're like usually good at doing eventually as a species.
3: All right. Well,
0: did we cover all your CRT questions? It was just the one basically of
1: like, what's the problem here? And I think I get it. Okay. People are waving around the wrong word to be confusing on purpose can i Got
2: read it. some funny signs sure because yeah. i just googled uh critical race theory to find that what was it like little infographic i was explaining but if you just google critical race theory and images it there's lots of protests so i uh, like the signs i'm seeing are say no to one crt two hate one is crt is racist i i agree that
0: that wokeism is both a hate movement and racist the fact that they use crt is terrible no one's actually teaching the theory in schools but when the fact that they're using it as a stand-in for wokeism causes a lot of confusion they just said proven wokeism. point i was confused yeah yeah <laughs> if, if if they could say something like wokeism is an ideology of hate and is racist then
2: yeah that'd be much less confusing i don't know like oh, we got judge character not skin color no yeah. crt no crt and right. then uh
0: i mean i agree with that those are great things
2: we are one race teach facts not feelings well so okay all these pictures are just all white people okay <laughs> they're all one race
1: they're not wrong I feel
2: like, yeah like this really strikes me as the sort of like i don't see color you know like there's some amount of me feeling uncomfortable at the amount of discomfort white people have about people being like, racism exists. <laughs> we should talk about it.
0: I don't think that's what people have a problem with. They have a problem with the racism in CRT. Or I being but... told that you're a racist just because of who you are.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's... Which...
2: It doesn't strike me as what's being taught, though.
1: I don't think that's what's being taught either, but that's that's one of the, like...
0: That's what wokeism is. Right. And, yeah, people want to keep that out of schools.
1: Like,
2: worst-case scenario would be either, yeah, like, reverse racism, but then the other side of that would be let's not talk about race ever and pretend that nothing ever happened and nobody gets discriminated against. I hate the term
0: reverse racism. It's just racism.
1: There's somebody I talk with once in a while where that comes up, and I never understood... Well, I, I kind of do, because I can understand the point, even if I disagree with it. Why someone might say, no, it's not racist if it's towards this group of people. And while I disagree with that, I just say, okay, fine. We'll some been bigoted. And Correct. it's like, okay, yeah, they're fine with that. Like, racism is the magic word there, right? Mm-hmm. It's
2: kind smart. of like the word bigot is a catch-all, honestly, because, you know, then you end up, if you're trying to describe the problematics, you have to be like, you know, racist, sexist, transphobes, ableists, yeah, yeah. other things that end in ist, and it's just like...
0: And bigoted is is a word that hasn't been corrupted yet. So, yeah, that's a good, much better word to use.
2: Anyway um what else do we have uh
0: i think it would be really good if we could start being much more on topic or at the very least take timestamps anytime we get off topic and put that into patreon stuff only because it... for people who like the tangents they can get them yeah exactly yeah. I, I know this has become particularly bad with our less wrong posts where we could actually just finish the less wrong posts in five ten minutes like we did today except for the tangent at the end and we get off on the wildest things and there's I'm sure people out there that love that, but also other people were like, "Why the fuck am I listening to this crazy ass bullshit about oat milk when you guys <laughs> were supposed to be talking about defective death spirals?"
2: Yeah, I've heard both. I think I'm in favor of trying to tighten it up. Uh, I have heard other people say that they like it. Sort of feels like they're hanging out with their rationalist friends, and I remember having that feeling when I was just a listener. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I, I think.
1: You know, there's probably a sweet spot. You know, zero digression sounds like a bummer. Yeah. But, like, it does not need to be 40 minutes
0: per episode. I I realize it's, it's gotten a bit off the rails. Um and usually the problem is like it's one level of just quick digression that's related and that's okay, but right. then we digress off that and yeah. then we digress off that and eventually we're at oat milk. Wait,
1: well, what
2: were we talking about? <laughs> yeah,
1: cuz you know, the digression's interesting and then oh, that gave me this idea. Yeah, yeah. No, I I it gets there organically, right? We don't just start talking about horizon zero dawn too. <laughs> right? But uh, yeah. if you're if you paid to hear this episode, you'll hear a 5-minute talk about that. Yeah, when you pitched the idea, I immediately thought of uh another podcast to listen to called, or I don't listen to this one actually, mm. called uh, "The Mind Killer,"
3: <laughs> where
0: somehow you stay on point. I think sticking to one topic per episode is good. Also, we could like occasionally, maybe every couple months, have like a rat chat where we just generally throw stuff together and have this sort of conversation like we did today. But yeah, yeah. I'm into it. But I think it would be good if those were you
1: know less common. And then less wrong posts toward the end, I'm guessing, just because that way we know how much time to give them. Yes. Because in theory, they take five minutes, but if we want them to take 20, they can. I also
0: think because if someone wants to link to one of our episodes, like, hey, check out this interesting thing about lithium in the groundwater that they're talking about. They don't have to skip to the 20-minute mark to get to it. They can, you know, just start listening to that, and then less wrong posts at the end if you want that.
1: Well, Uh segue into thinking this episode's... uh, our favorite supporter for this episode which yes. we're doing order of when we received them i don't know if we ever mentioned that oh we read these in the order that people signed up to be patrons for so if you're wondering why you're this week's favorite uh matthew Fullheart, <laughs> it's because you were next uh, in order and
0: apparently matthew Fullheart first signed up as a patron april 21st 2021 that's right cool thank you so much you have inspired us to tighten up our shit and uh present all y'alls with Things that are easier to find. I don't know. Help me out here, I'm drowning. Uh no
1: I you know, I hope that they the bummer conversation didn't you know, didn't bum me out too much. But yeah. thanks again for your you know, your support. It means a lot. It still blows my mind that anyone listens to this enough that <laughs> they're like, I want to throw money at this. So oh, yeah. It makes me happy.
2: And we were just talking about possibly upgrading microphones so we would be able to use Patreon money to give you guys a better experience and ourselves a better experience, potentially. Yeah. So thank you so much. All right. Yeah. All right.
0: Thanks, everybody. We really do appreciate it. Um, All our patrons and Matthew in particular, you guys are great. And we will see all of y'all in two weeks. Yeah. Sounds like a plan.
2: All right. Bye, everybody.